This is Masters Cast, the first He-Man and She-Ra podcast, episode number 48, for Sunday, September 16th, 2012. Hey, thanks for downloading. I'm John Callis, also known as The Shadow. I'm Katie Carty Highway, also known as Rainbow Bright. I am Martin Penny, also known as Wacky Martin. I am Leanne Hanna, also known as Stratos Macca. And I'm Josh Delioncourt, also known as Just Lioncourt. Whoa, we had someone else there. There were more people. Why is that? Dun dun dun. <laughs> Should I say it? <laughs> go for it okay um i have been asked to join the cast of master's cast yeah which i accepted welcome welcome glad to have you thank you we've expanded <laughs> i hope i am able to add to the discussion well if- you know we needed another girl so yeah, yeah that's true that's true yeah <laughs> Katie's been a bit lonely. <laughs> Too much testosterone around here. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, Leanne, before we start into any of this stuff, why don't you give some background on, you know, how you became a fan of He-Man, maybe the old mailing list, what you did on the comic, kind of big, nice, big summary. Um, <clears throat> well, I was a fan when, you know, I watched the show when I was small. And had the toys, and um, then probably around 95-ish, 1995, um, is when I got online, well, 94, 95, and started uh, looking up cartoons from my childhood, and uh, came across Adam Tyner's site, and joined the, um, uh, was it the Scrolls of Grayskull mailing list? That was the newsletter. newsletter, Mm -hmm. Newsletter, right. And then uh, found the Guardians of Grayskull mailing list, um, probably 96, 97-ish. Oh, and, and that's where you met of, me. Yeah, and then that's where <laughs> I met everybody pretty much. And um, kind of been around ever since and met uh, Val and um, met Tyree and <clears throat> everybody. And so then when Val started up his recreation studio in... Um, was it 2002, 2003-ish? Um, I joined uh, as an editor and uh, was editor on a bunch of our titles and also was able to contribute artwork to the He-Man series. And I was able to draw the Stratos origin issue that came out. So that was awesome because Stratos is like my number one, as everybody pretty much knows. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've just kind of been in the fandom and been able to actually work on it professionally, which is really cool. And, and here I am. been doing artwork forever, right? Yeah. I mean, I I've got- been doing art since I was small, so. And wow. I still have some of my old drawings of He-Man and Thundercats, and and they look awful, but I was only like five, so <laughs> I guess it's, I guess it's okay. I'm sure they're worlds better than my five-year-old drawings. <laughs> you have to start somewhere. It's hard but, yeah, to believe I mean, that the. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I was just saying it's hard to believe that it, it uh, that old Guardians of Grayskull because I think the three of us, right, Shadow, you, Leanne, and I were all on that list. That's six. Was so was Katie years ago. Was were you there, Katie? Yes, I was. God, sixteen years have gone by. But wait, did you? That, she's she's getting a little angry at you. Did you hear that? She yeah. said, "Yes, I was." Yes, yes, <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I can't keep I it straight where when and where everybody was. But, uh, 16 years. That's a long time. Yeah. So kids that were born when we were on the Guardians of Graceful list are now driving. Oh my oh, god, that up. is so sad. That's not cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, that means I've known you guys for half of my life now. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah, that's true. It's a good way to look at it. I like that yeah. that aspect of it. Yeah. That is really cool. 
Well, uh, Josh, do you have any news for us before we delve into a topic? Toy news, I'm assuming you are asking about. Uh, no, just, you know, general life. Maybe you found a new pizza <laughs> recipe. <laughs> I, I heard there was a sale on Chef Boyardee. <laughs> All right, so... That was for Martin. Here's some news. Here's some news. Uh, August, the, we got the fourth figure in the 30th anniversary line uh, series came out. That was Sir Laserlot. Uh, this one and Drago Man, personally, I, are the, the two best of this series. I really liked uh, this guy. And Shadow, I believe, broke down and got one. I did. I, I kept debating, and I kept going back to the page and saying, I kind of want this figure. I don't know why. It's like it, I grew to love it or something. And, and you were texting me about this. Yes, I was. I was like, ah, I think I'm going to buy it. And I was like, no, no, I'm not going to buy it. And then I think, didn't it change to, like, almost gone? And yeah. I was like, oh, oh I'll buy it. <laughs> so I did. It came, and it's wonderful and awesome. It really is. It's a it's a great uh, great figure, actually. Um, that one in Drago Man, I really like. I'm not not a big fan of uh, the Mighty Spectre, and really don't care for Photog. So um, anyway, so that we got that one. That was the only figure we've got uh, since Comic Con because uh, the schedule has gotten bumped back a bit. In September, coming up here. Everyone will be receiving uh, a boatload of stuff uh, from Maddie Collector if you're part of the Eternia Club subscription. We have Mechanic, Dragon Blaster Skeletor, which comes with the third and final issue of the mini-comic series, and uh, the Snakeman Soldier 2-pack. So, wow. good stuff. Um, silence. I don't know. No one seems excited on those. <laughs> I'm very excited about all of those personally. I mean, I'm not like falling over myself excited, but those are pretty cool figures. I'll probably pick up one or two. I don't care about the Snake Man, but the other two would be kind of awesome to have. Well, Dragon Blaster Skeletor was actually the only uh, Skeletor variant I had as a kid. Ah. So. And you know, I'm not a big fan of variants, but Dragon Blaster Skeletor is just kind of awesome for some weird reason. It's very cool. I prefer so, battle armor Skeletor, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, I got I got battle armor as a teenager, um, eventually. But, uh, but yeah, the battle armors were cool as well. Uh, so that's really it on the toy front, uh, news wise. Of course, October. I believe we will be getting Rattlelore Frosta, Psychop, which is the fifth <laughs> figure from the 30th anniversary collection. And I believe the third weapons pack also comes out in October. Of course, they are constantly changing these dates, so don't necessarily take this as gospel. Um, and of course, that weapons pack is the one which comes with Kildor's swords from the 2000X series. So uh, that is not part of the subscription. If you want one of those, you need to be on Maddie Collector. And uh, I certainly do want the weapons pack. In uh, sort of related news tied into this, uh, they are now taking pre-orders over at Action Figure Express and some other retailers for the Castle Grayskull replica statue, which goes on sale first quarter of 2013. I am hoping to God I will have enough money to order this someday. I don't currently. It is $125, which... Is a good chunk of change, not as much as it might have been, um, but that they are taking pre-orders for that now, and it is available in the first quarter of next year. I thought it was a really good price point for it because I thought it was going to be a lot more expensive as well. Yeah, me too. It's yeah, I, I actually it? expected a higher price point, but it's still well, it's still a little pricey, but um, especially because it's right after Granamir, which is mm-hmm. eighty bucks or whatever that's going to be. So yeah. Um, that's going to be difficult, but I, I I will get one one way or another eventually, and uh, very excited for it. I actually got, I can't remember if we talked about this in the Comic-Con episode, but I actually got hands-on time with the uh, with the statue um, at the Action Figure Express booth at Comic-Con. Um, very cool. Very, very, very cool. 
So uh, that comes out first quarter of two, one, two, 13 and that is the merchandising news that I have uh, this episode. That's all? That's it. I don't Not know a lot you, changed. And you, mm, I'm a little disappointed with you. I thought you would have dug up something else, you know. <laughs> Use your contacts, man. Yep. That is all. Hmm. Well, we did get between now or then and now and before and here, we had two comics come out. We had issue two of the main miniseries and then issue, what is it, five of the digital series that focused on Evil Lynn. And I think we should do the Evil Lynn one first because it's shorter and saucier. <laughs> <laughs> So in the Evil Inn issue, uh, we meet a new character. What was his name? Nolar? Nolar? Nolar Black. Yeah, Black, but it was spelled without a C because, you know, they're hip and daring. (laughs) Um, And basically, Evil Inn meets up with this Nolar guy. They get it on. (laughs) Boom, chicken, wow. Um, that's the, that's the PG-13 version. And, um, she basically manipulates him, or does she, to obtain this gem for her, uh, and, and which she then gives to Skeletor. Uh, and she repays him by killing him at the end. Yes, she repays him by killing him at the end, but he did, he did get to have lots of hot evil sex. So, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> he knew she was evil in... He could have seen this coming. I don't know. Um, so it was a very gritty episode. It was drawn episode issue. It was drawn mostly in black and white, uh, just a little bit of color. Um, what are our thoughts? What are our thoughts? I thought the story was good. It jumped the shark with the television in the bar. Oh, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that. I did not care for i thought that was pretty stupid the story itself i thought was actually pretty good in general i definitely had a problem with the television and how it was like breaking news with uh skeletor and he-man fighting i thought this is just bizarre but what did we think about this is like the f- besides the sweepy's home episode of shira <laughs> <laughs> This was like the this was like direct sex in in a He Man um, piece of media. It doesn't it doesn't really bother me. I mean, it's a it's a, uh, a comic. It's aimed at adult readers who you know were fans at growing up and are all grown up now. So I know it was fine. Well, how do how do our ladies on the panel feel about Evil Lynn based kind of using sex as a weapon, I guess, to get what she wanted? I I didn't like it. This is probably my least favorite of the digital issues. And I I liked uh, that it was in black and white because it was different. Um, And, you know, there was very minimal use of color throughout, which is interesting and different. Um, It didn't feel like a Masters of the Universe story to me. Because maybe because the guy was in a trench coat and the TV in the background kind of took me out of the story. Like it didn't really feel like it was in Eternia, I guess. I don't know. Um, But I didn't like that. This is the first issue with uh, a female character, right? I mean, this was Evil Ends, you Mm -hmm. know. And, you know, she's basically like, pouring herself out to <laughs> you know you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i wish the story had been a little bit more original you know i mean i don't know i didn't i didn't really like that you know this is the first issue with a female character and you know she's basically using sex as you know to get what she wants and i, I didn't like that yeah uh, i had not actually read it yet and now i don't know that i will because that's <laughs> stupid no that's not cool um yeah, and a TV? What the hell? And trench coat? That, uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. We are not on Earth. We need to put it back on Eternia. And it feels like 
you know, with the other earlier episode, they had a whole blood and gore and face ripping apart kind of thing. And it's like, oh, we're in this new medium. We can do all this dark stuff that we couldn't before. But just because you can doesn't mean you necessarily should. And it feels like they're just going to throw in every weird, dark thing they couldn't do before just because it's available to them now. That's kind of lame. It does seem like there's a weird disconnect between these and the the full printed miniseries. Um, because the, yeah, these, I mean, regardless of like the story was fine, I guess, but the, definitely the flavor of most of these has not been, it doesn't, yeah, like, like Leanne said, it doesn't feel like masters really. Um, and then, and I think the, the main miniseries does. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, and it could just be because there's so many different creators working on these digital issues. Um, and they kind of are putting their own spin on things, maybe. But um, I think this issue in particular was the first one that really didn't feel quite like a master story to me. Um, but I I did like that uh, there seemed to be some kind of continuity at the end. I mean, they didn't really say what that jewel was that you know she had him steal. But I was wondering if that was the same one or uh, the master's or the man in arms story. Yeah, it's uh, like they were connected was, in some way. Yeah, I didn't know if that was the other jewel or if that was the same one. Well, and why and were it, they inside some sort of building that then led into like Castle Grayskull? I was very, I was very confused when she went when they went to get the gem. It's like they went into a building, and it had like like curio things and on display. And then, then they went, and there was like Castle Grayskull inside the building. Yeah, that was confusing. Yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't follow what was going on there. Yeah, it was a little confusing. I don't know if that's just an, uh, an art issue, maybe. Mm. Um. But yeah, overall, I, d- I didn't really uh, like the issue very much. And I'm, I mean, I'm not like, pr- you know, prudish. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm totally opposed to you know, there being, like, a sex scene in an issue or whatever, but it's just the way it was done. I, I didn't I didn't like it. Well, if any of you follow I, follow Martin on Twitter, you know that <laughs> his bed recently broke. <laughs> so I wondered if he would have a unique perspective on the Evelyn sex scene. <laughs> um, or at least a first-hand <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> I can confirm that I am not no la black. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or am I? Oh. <laughs> well, you're still alive, so. <laughs> yeah. Do you this own a true. trench coat, That's Martin? That's true, yeah. <laughs> Have you ever bust tables? <laughs> That's true. That was also another kind of odd aspect of that. Yeah. He was like a yeah, like a busboy at a restaurant. Yeah, I, it I was. Mean, and and another thing. Okay, here's another thing I did like about it. Um, I liked that it was they were trying to tell the story from the perspective of just some random person mm-hmm. on Eternia. Um, I like I like that idea. You know, you're not focusing on. Um, I mean, yeah, it's an evil in issue, but, you know, the story was being told from somebody else's point of view. I like that idea. I just didn't really feel like the guy was, was you know, Eternian, I guess. Mm-hmm. It just, it just, it, I was taken out of it too much by, like, the trench coat on the TV and, you know, him, you know, passing uh- tables and... Yeah, I don't know. I was reading that, a, uh, that there were some fans that were angry that Evil Lynn, or Morgan, as she was called, had uh, long, dark hair instead of the short, white hair. But I just, I put that because, well, people w- may know what Evil Lynn looks like, so she was in disguise in human form. Yeah, that's what I figured, too. I just figured it was a disguise. I thought the uh, Evelyn design looked much better in this issue than it looked in the Sir Lazelot one at the end. Mm-hmm. I still... Especially the big reveal. 
Sorry, I took that the entire the wrong way. <laughs> may, may, make sure you read the issue. It's all in silhouette. You don't see a thing. Um, but I agree that the way they drew her in this one was slightly better, but I'm still, there's something weird about her face, the way they're drawing it or something in the evil Lynn costume. I don't know. I thought the anatomy was a little wonky at times. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and actually, um, I wished, I kind of wished that she was in color, um, that I could have at least seen her in color while she was wearing the Evelyn outfit mm-hmm. as a comparison to, you know, the, the brief scene we saw her in, in the laser lot issue. Okay. Um, cause it's kind of hard. To, I mean, she's wearing a skimpy outfit, you know, the new Evelyn look is pretty skimpy. Um, but it's kind of, it's kind of hard to tell what skin and what isn't because it's just black and white. Um, but yeah. And they're going to put a, they're going to end up putting a little parental guidance warning on that one when you download it. (laughs) (laughs) The, uh, the, uh, Nolar black, it might've helped the story a bit too. If they, I mean, I, I get where they were going with it, but it might've helped the story if Nolar black had ended up being, not necessarily uh, becoming a character that we're familiar with, but it might have been more interesting if he sort of became a henchman or whatever for Skeletor and his group over there at the end is, is sort of I don't, killing him off just seemed kind of cliche, I guess. Well, and how they could have done something else as as his and and I I thought that was where it was going because he at at one point is narrating it saying. You know, I should have known that, that I like this has already happened. Um, so it just seemed like that might have uh, been a better payoff at the end. Did How did we feel at the end? I kind of took it, I could take it either way the way it was shown. Like, was Evil Lynn just doing this for Skeletor? Or when she like blasts those, you know, photographs and stuff away, all like Nol- Nolar stuff. Like, do you think she actually did have feelings for him? Like, I'm kind of torn on which way I feel. I think they were hinting that maybe she did. Mm-hmm. At, with the, the last panel. With yeah. The, um, um, I think that that's kind of what they were trying to imply. That she well, was two, kind of having second thoughts or, you know. Yeah, and two, at the beginning, the very one of the very first things that she tells Nolar is that every, everyone has regrets that they're running from or whatever. So it's sort of hinting at the same thing there as well. Yeah, and it did seem like she stayed with him, say, an extended amount of time, whereas she probably could have fair, like, qu- sooner got him to just get that gem for her. Yeah. But she seemed to, like, have a sort of relationship going on, at least for a while, and and then maybe the hammer came down and she had to go do that gem thing. I felt a little bad for her. She was just trying to have a little fun. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, definitely download it and rate it with all the stars that you can on Comixology because uh, we want more minis. Um, I'll take it. I want to read them. Gives us something to talk about, something to complain about. You know. Just saying. So... The miniseries that's the six issues that's called He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. The digital ones are just called Masters of the Universe. Issue two came out of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Um, with He-Man and Trapjaw on the cover. And uh, so spoiler alert again. We're going to talk about it if you haven't read it yet. But um, basically this one has... Adam all confused again. Oh, I, somehow I know how to fight with a sword. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, he, he ends up, be, basically he's captured by um, Trapjaw. They try to kill him. Doesn't happen. Tila rescues him. And Tila points out at the end that she knows that Zor is not a bird. Uh, right? Would that be our general summary? Yeah, that, I thought that was apart. pretty good, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and apparently Skeletor can do voodoo using fruit. Yes. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yes. 
it's when I'm reading that, I'm like, wait a minute. I think when he took the, a bite of that, like, tomato, he's harming Beastman. <laughs> How clever. Actually, this was a great issue, though. I, I, at least I thought so. I really enjoyed this story. Well, please provide us with some examples and backup to defend your position there, sir. <laughs> uh, you know, it was interesting. I enjoyed the first one. Um, the first one kind of, you know, was largely, though, just sort of a battle between Adam and Beastman. This one seemed to have a lot more story advancement than the first one did. Um, I like the that we're seeing Adam's uh, struggle and bits and pieces of things that he's remembering I liked that they introduced Tila, and in fact, the Adam-Tila relationship, uh, even as little as we got in this issue, does does seem more like the old Filmation cartoon, even a bit like the 2000X cartoon, sort of that classic relationship between the two of them. And uh, I liked that Skeletor was portrayed very much as the badass that he ought to be, and uh, that was also well done. And I don't know, do you want to... Uh, touch on the nod to yeah, the well, Foundation wait. series. But before before that, before that, I want to say that I, I, I agree with your assessment there of Skeletor um, and Adam and Tila. When I, reading the book, the Adam and Tila part felt very Filmation, um, whereas Skeletor in this made me think more Frank Langella Skeletor, uh, even a bit more Mike Young Skeletor. I didn't really think Alan Oppenheimer Skeletor. Uh, yeah, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. That's a good thing. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it's a, but I think that's interesting though. How it's like, you know, how I mean, how they can pull different aspects like that that we did like mm-hmm. from the various things and, and kind of integrate them um into the story. But I definitely I definitely agree with you you there. But should we already talk about the nod cuz the nod is like going to be a big discussion. It's it's I well, you want to save that, and we'll just kind of go around and get everybody's thoughts. And yes, maybe yes, save let's, let's save that because for, for because maybe stuff. maybe I'm just making more of a big deal out of it. No, no, no. You and I both had the same thought at the same okay, instant. Okay, it's absolutely. I, there, I don't. There's no question in my mind. That's what they were doing. Okay. All right. All right. Someone else speak. <laughs> <laughs> Martin, go. <laughs> um, <laughs> I really enjoyed this one as well. I thought it was better than the first one um, not that I didn't enjoy the first one but I really liked the portrayal of Trapjaw and I liked the big reveal that well it wasn't a big reveal because you knew it was him <laughs> but I liked his cyborg minions and the cloaks and the beasts and how just sort of threatening he was as a villain um, and I also liked the how it was now instead of Skeletor it's He-Man who's responsible for him losing the jaw um, if that is indeed the case. <laughs> well, that's but true. Because yeah. how do we know that Skeletor just didn't make Trapjaw think that's what happened? Yeah, like with all this occurred to me as I was reading it. Yeah, with all this mind manipulation that's going on. Mm. You know, can I also just throw in there with what he's saying? I think it was very, very cool that all of this is taking place in the desert. We sort of presume it may be the sands of time, but that's not explicitly stated very cool though that Trapjaw is the sort of the main villain in this one in the sands of time in the desert when his probably his most memorable cartoon appearance in the classic series was the house of Shikoti, uh also in the desert so just a thought yeah. um i i really liked the issue um, I kind of liked the uh, opening scene with, you know, Beastman kind of groveling and, you know, Skeletor takes the bite out of the fruit and every time he does it, it you know, <laughs> it hurts Beastman. I thought that was kind of neat. It took me in, until like the third panel or so to realize that's what was going on because um, it was kind of a cramped page um, panel wise. But uh, I thought that was kind of neat. I thought that um, uh, right afterwards when Skeletor just kind of he kind of calmly walks out into the hallway and then he kills that maid who just happens to be there. Like, wrong place, wrong time. <laughs> um, that was that kind of reminded me of, like you said, like the, the Mike Young um, Skeletor or the, uh, the Franklin Jello Skeletor, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, I thought the art was really nice for the uh, scenes with Adam and 
Trapjaw. I really liked the, probably my favorite part of the issue was the interaction between Adam and Tila. Um, and see, this is a perfect example of how a female character can be badass because she busts up in there and saves Adam and she didn't need to like, you know, have sex with somebody to do it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, that is like a, a, a positive, like nice portrayal, I thought for her. I thought it was, was really cool. Yeah, well, um, with her personality, because she's always been a badass, and I yeah. would be mad if they tried to change that now. <laughs> um, let's see, what else? Um, I liked Trapjaw in this. Um, like Martin said, I really liked his, you know, minions and um, their look with the cloaks and everything. I thought that was a good setting for him, for Trapjaw. Um, what about yeah. the 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 way Castle Grayskull looks with Skeletor as its, you know, headmaster? <laughs> The, the redesign of it. I don't know if that's what it would look like if the sorceress was still there, but it's definitely a... Yeah, it's better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, I just... I had to get that in there. I went there, too, in my mind. It's, it's <laughs> such a... Skeletor. It's such a drastic change, uh, and I did like that the gargoyle things that are flying around it, um, the ones in the... that the, the get farther away as they're flying, they look like the horde symbol. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> but with with Castle Grayskull, though, I didn't know if that's actually how it looks or if that was like an artist's interpretation. Mm-hmm. Like maybe if we see it again, it'll look different. Yeah, because it's you know definitely I mean? different. I, I kind of yeah. like it in a weird way. Well, I see it was very different than it was in the Man at Arms issue as well. Yeah. Yeah, so I, that's why, I don't know, it could be, I mean, that could be how it looks now, you know, or it could just be, because uh, I think Howard Porter, the same artist who drew the laser lot digital issue, drew the Skeletor scenes um, oh. at the beginning there, and then he drew, um, I think, one page towards the end with, uh, when Skeletor, you know, talks to Trapjaw after the fact, after everything's happened, um, he drew that page too. Did anyone think that... Um... So, you know, Skeletor was, like, um, slapping around that maid, like you mentioned. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But did anyone think that Doctor Who came and saved her? Because the next, the, like, the page next to it had Doctor Who saving this, like, chick. <laughs> no, that wasn't funny. Sorry. So, on the page where Skeletor, like, throws the lady... The page facing it is an advertisement for Doctor Who, and Doctor Who uh, is saving this oh, lady. Oh, I didn't see it. Yeah, <laughs> I got, I got the. Uh, oh, you have the digital issue. Yeah, I got the digital. Oh, okay. So oh, I, I look, hear that? That's a physical <laughs> copy. Hey, I get a physical copy too. I just haven't gone by my comic shop to get it. <laughs> well, mine came in the mail yesterday, so I was, I was happy. Um, what about? Uh, I thought it was interesting that. Prince Adam in the desert looks a lot like Adora. Like, he looked like Adora to me because of the red thing he's wearing and the cloak. I don't know. It just made me think of Adora. So I kind of thought that was a nice um, design choice. I don't know. I liked I thought it looked very Adora, like they would match if they were walking around prince and princess. Yeah. Um, I actually like... Um, I mean, this is kind of minor, but... I actually really like the way Adam looks, like his his outfit. Like, I mean, it's it's pretty simple, but you can tell it's Adam. I, yeah, I li- I like it. I I think it's I a actually, good design. Yeah, I actually like it a lot more than the um like Mike Young kind of redesign. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just think it feels more Eternian. I guess it looks I think it like it's more in the world. It looks like it'd be easier to walk around in too, because wasn't he wearing like tight pants and Mike Young and like <laughs> yeah, like buckles and yeah, buckles and yeah. belts and yeah, yeah. This is this is easier for him to run, kick some booty. Mm-hmm. Um, so should we talk about the nod? Then uh, yeah. Okay, so, so let me get you to you and I had exactly the same reaction at exactly okay. the same time. So so. <clears throat> And I can't do a Tila voice. <laughs> Although in my mind, Tila's pretty butch, so she probably talks like this. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> For, 
Tila continues to have blonde hair, so I have issues with that. I know there are the blonde-haired Tila fans, but Tila should have the brownish red hair. She's not Adora. Quit trying to think she's Adora. She's never going to be Adora. She's never going to be She-Ra. And if she is in this book, I will tear it up. However, <laughs> however, she does definitely think she is She-Ra. Because on page, they're not numbered, but on one of the pages, after she sa- sa- saves Adam, <clears throat> they are riding away together on the same creature. Okay? So they're both on the same creature. Tila is driving, and Adam is, like, behind her on the same creature. And she says, you and me, something tells me we've got a lot to talk about. Immediately, I thought of Secret of the Sword when Shira saves He-Man uh, after the Magna Beam stuff, and they're both on Swiftwind, and he's like, "Sister, what do you mean?" And she's like, "He-Man, I think we've got a lot to talk about." And yeah, it's, it's even it's... emphasized the same way in the in the text bubble. Yeah, I can't imagine that was coincidental. I've got to think that it was. It's just thrown in there. I think as a nod. To the classic fans, you know, it's a, it's an Easter egg, and I think it's awesome as such. And if it was an accident, I'm going to go on pretending it isn't, because it's just <laughs> too cool. I know. Can you imagine the writer being like, "What's secret of the sword?" Well, no, actually, there there was an interview with the writer in uh, I believe it was USA Today uh, a couple of weeks ago talking about uh, the series. The guy now who's taken up from uh, James Robinson, who wrote the first issue. And he watched all of the shows uh, in the 80s with his kids. So he was very, very familiar with the series. So, And has I would imagine has gone back and rewatched some of this stuff as well. So I, I don't know. I, I, I can't fathom it being coincidental. Well, how, would, what would, how would we feel if what if they somehow merged Tila, Adora, and Shira into like the- I was actually just wondering that because in the was it the laser lot issue? Um that that big group shot of them all fighting and her sword had the jewel in it. Yeah. Mm. Mm, so that that actually makes me wonder now. Well, Tila's sword had a jewel in it too in the in the uh 2000X toy series, didn't it? Yeah, but like Remember what happened to that sword at the beginning of that series, and rightfully so. It was in, like, the first episode. She fights Trapjaw, and he, like, bites the sword and kills it, as he should. Right. Um, yeah, I realize that, but there's, so, it's not like there's no precedent for Tila having a sword with a yeah, jewel. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But to me, to me, just from a design standpoint, and, I mean, correct me if I am wrong here on something, but if you have... Adora and Shira, and she is going to be introduced at some point. Let's go with that theory. You ha- let's say she, you know, she's going to be introduced at some point. Why would you go with blonde Tila? It just mm-hmm. seems very confusing to me that you would have blonde Tila, warrior. You know, she kicks ass, rightfully so, just like she did back in the day and in the two thousand. Um, I know I make fun of her and everything, but I'll give her her props. Why are we then? To me, she's strong enough on her own. You don't need to add in Adora and Shira elements to her. I mean, are they just going for the blondes have more fun, tee type thing? <laughs> We're going to make Tila blonde? Um, and if it's a miniseries, they don't have a lot of time to flesh out a whole other planet and a whole other cast of villains and good guys. So maybe they're trying to simplify it? So uh, so would you think it'd be okay if Tila's blonde in this six-issue miniseries, but then maybe when they return to normal times or whatever she's dyes her hair they could have a she could go to the attorney yeah they could change it hairdresser you know (laughs) well she's also she's also been living in the desert so maybe it's sun bleached (laughs) there you go i like that (laughs) but what how would we feel though obviously you know how i'd feel no thank you if they try to merge tila adora and shira kind of into one character I don't think they're going to do it. I, I'm not even worried about it because I just I can't. I, I understand the the arguments being made here, but I don't I don't think that's the direction they're heading, and I think that would cause too much uh, uproar from the fan base for something that really doesn't give them 
any significant benefit storytelling wise that that is at least fathomable to me at this point so i don't even think they're going to go go that way and, and i and mattel well they're giving them a, a pretty long leash with this series um uh, i don't think mattel would go for that either um uh, personally but that's just this is my thought yeah i think i agree with that and i don't see them doing it just because it would be such a huge change um so yeah i don't i don't see it happening but i mean i can see arguments for and against it but i guess we'll have to wait and see i'm personally not worried about it though at the moment until i see more <laughs> that indicates <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> well what about um so uh, she already knows adam's name just kind of like uh intuition so is it intuition that she knows that zor is not a bird or do you think the bird talked to her earlier or something and then we'll find that out like what because that's the big cliffhanger at the end of the issue is she knows that zor is not a bird i kind of wondered if maybe she um had appeared before her or if she's seen her, you know, she's seen the sorceress. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe she's had visions like Adam had visions, you know, in the previous issue. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe she just knows. I don't know. Well, are we even clear? Like does Skeletor know that the sorceress is still around. I don't think he's seen Zor. I, I, I think yeah, I think he I wouldn't think. be screwing around with Adam and and the rest of this if he knew the sorceress was still out there somewhere. So yeah. I think he either thinks she's dead or something along those lines. Hmm. That mm. I, one thing that sorry go ahead. go ahead no go go go. <laughs> one thing that I did think was strange that he seemed to know that Adam existed, and wait that what existed that Adam existed. Oh oh yes, but only now he seems to be trying to kill him. Yeah, that is very odd. If if he's now so bent on, like, you know, he was like slit his throat or whatever he tells. Uh, well, no, because before he was thinking that he had Adam under control. As soon as Adam started to sort of fight the enchantment and leave his little woodsman life or whatever, that then he was like, okay, enough of this. Let's just kill him. I mean, that, that was what I took away from it. But why? He was, he was getting a thrill out of just the, watching just, him. Uh, yeah. And having the power over. I mean, that's always been Skeletor's character from the earliest days in, in the master's mythos is that, you know, he he enjoys the, the power over others. That's part of his character's makeup. So to me, that part of it makes perfect sense. I, can I see really that. liked how um, he called him his wretched nephew as well. <laughs> yeah, I was going to bring that up too. So, but it does wonder, it wasn't also explicitly laid out, but it was sort of implied at least, or at least we're meant to believe that Skeletor is aware that Adam and He-Man were, are one and the same at this point. Oh, absolutely. That's what I took away from it too. <clears throat> Um, but, but again, not, we could be misinterpreting that and they may be wanting the audience to think that, but it sure sounds that way in that, in the first section of the comic. Yeah. Well, that's true. Cause I mean, he, he has used a sword before. He doesn't have to be He-Man to use a sword, uh, those type of type of things. And, and Skeletor never does say anything about He-Man specifically. Exactly. The, the name He-Man. So it could go either way, but it's it's interesting, but why then though? Why w- I would think that Skeletor then like unless Skeletor just like you said he doesn't he's not aware that the sorceress is still around he could not be aware that He Man is still around. But why is Adam then such a th- a threat? Uh, just because he would be the heir apparent, assuming okay. Skeletor is sort of, sort of ruling at this point. Mm-hmm. That would be my true thought. true. Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting. I I, I think this is really uh, this this issue in particular far more than the first issue. Uh, it's left us with a lo- more questions going out than we had coming in, and I think that's really the mark of of good storytelling. I agree. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to 
issue three. And I really hope that once we get through with issue six, um, that they start a regular series. Um, I, d- I think the new writer um, mentioned he'd lo- he'd really like to do a, a, an ongoing Yeah, I don't know how good the, the sales are, right? Because this one was already delayed. That could maybe hurt yeah. momentum. Um, I don't know. My my sister is picking up uh, physical copies for me. Cause I don't even think we have a comic book shop here. I live in the middle of nowhere. Um, if we do, I wouldn't even know how to get to it. Whatever. My sister's picking up physical copies for me and both issues, uh, they, she's bought the last ones left in the stores. So yeah, I uh, to buy granted that's one. Southern California. There's a lot of people I, you know, so I, who knows what that means, but in both cases, she bought the last one they had left. So that's why I still don't have the first one. I went to a local comic shop to buy it. I, I believe it was within a week of it coming out and they had already sold out. Um, which is why I'm not going back to get the second one either because I was mad. And the guy <laughs> didn't seem to really care. I was hoping he would say, yeah, let me order that for you. Or let me make sure I hold a copy of the second one for you, something. And he just gave me nothing. Yeah, I've <laughs> learned. Um, and <clears throat> so I used to frequent a comic book shop, you know, back in the 90s during your Batman, Nightfall, Death of <laughs> Superman era. And, um, you know, I went to the same two comic book stores you know, spent all my allowance on comic books, uh, type thing. Um, uh, and you know, you, you end up how they know you, you're a regular yada, yada, yada. (laughs) So whenever the MV creations comic book came out, I distinctly remember going to a comic book store to get the issue. I was, uh, ordering them online for the most part, but I, I wanted to get the, the issue that I was drawn in um, <laughs> right when it came out. I wanted it the day it came out. So I went to a comic book store. I was still in college at the time, and I went to the big like a comic book store that was in the city. And uh, already just walking in there, like you start getting looks like, I don't yeah. know you. I don't know you. Why are you in my comic book store? So then they were still putting out all of the new issues. And um, so I'm standing there and I was like, did you get the new issue of Masters of the Universe? And the guy's like, oh, let me, let me check. <laughs> and he's like, here. And he like hands me one. And I said, well, I'd really like to get two of them. And he's like, I can't. What? And I'm like, really? And I'm like, oh. And he's like, yeah, no, you can have one. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I was going to. I was like, I should flip this open and say, but look, I'm in the comic (laughs) and point to it. But at that point, I was kind of like, I just felt really weirded out and unwelcome. So I went to check out and like the checkout person, like, you know, just took my money and sent me on my way. Like it was a, it was not a positive experience. And I'm not going to, I'm not trying to stereotype comic book stores at all. So, you know, because I know other people that work at comic book stores very friendly people maybe it's just this one but it really soured me to going to a comic book store Mm -hmm. um to to get these things and that's why i'm you know i'm ordering these online um yeah that i mean that's a shame but i mean like uh katie said um i mean a comic somebody who runs a comic shop should be really engaging and you know like offer to order you know another copy or hold the next Mm -hmm. issue for them you know, if, if somebody comes in and is interested, exactly, because you think it would series, it would I mean, expand their clientele too. It's like, right. oh, look what they're they're willing to help me with this. I'm gonna I'm gonna come in here and, and do that. And I know, like, what all the regulars you you know you have your pull list, right? Where they right. they specifically order these things for you and stuff. And you know, even explaining that to them, like, oh, well, if you want to come in and get the He Man issue every month, you know, we can add you to a pool list. Um, you know, we'll always right. have it here for you. That type of thing. It was just. Mm-hmm. I hate that that one negative experience kind of turned me off to like going into a comic book shop because I've had wonderful experiences at uh, the conventions and stuff, you know, with different people that own or work at at comic book stores. So I'm not saying it's everybody, Um, but it's just it just shows you that that one little experience, like similar to what you had, Katie, uh, can kind of turn you off to the whole experience. It's like, ugh. yeah, that's a shame. So comic book owners, be nice. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I will say though, Brett, the guy who runs the comic shop I go to, which is House of Pop Culture in Waldorf, Maryland, he's awesome. 
So see, he's, exactly. He's, he's really go. friendly and stuff. So I just want to give him a shout out. Woohoo! He's, he's, <laughs> he's an example of, of, you know, someone who is really engaging and, you know, will offer to, to do that sort of stuff. I mean, he does it with people when I'm standing in there talking to him. Awesome. And, you know. Maybe I, I yeah. Yeah. if there's another shop around here. You would think in Raleigh, which is like Geek Central, that there would be a ton of them. But I only found one or two when I did a quick search. So I'll look around some more. Mm. And then, you know, Katie, maybe go in there and use your feminine wiles and be like, <laughs> I, I just <laughs> really like, yeah, like He-Man, you know, stuff. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they'll just give you the issue for free. <laughs> be like, oh, this is, here you go. You're so pretty. You just take this. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when then Adam comes in, right? Your husband. And yeah. he's like, and she's mine. And then, you know, you exit. And <laughs> just one of those little wink winks, you know? <laughs> that's awesome. But yeah, so sorry. I don't want mean to offend anyone that owns a comic book store. I'm just sharing my experience. I had a positive experience in the 90s. Just love going to the comic book shop. Yeah. So, just saying. Mine were called Sluggers and Alley Cats. Those were the two <laughs> shops I went to. I don't think either of them exist anymore, but... Such is life. Such is life. Oh, well, do we have anything else to cover? Uh, conventions. Oh, yeah. right. So, very good. Thank you for reminding me. Real quick, um, I can't remember your name... But you said hello to me at the Baltimore Comic Convention, and you listened to Master's Cast, and you showed me this awesome She-Ra print that I bought. Um, it was a She-Ra print uh, that an artist you know, at the convention had done, and it looked like an old book cover, and Lewis Scheimer was like the author of the book. Nice. And it looked all like tattered and, and stuff, and it was like Orco Press or something, and it had, it had <laughs> She-Ra on it. Uh, uh, it was like it was like called like the the epic conclusion to the Ethereum saga or something like that. I I thought it was really really cool. It's definitely worth my ten bucks. So thank you for pointing uh, pointing that out to me. And Leanne was generous to let us put Masters Cast postcards on uh, her and her husband's uh, booth for the webcomic they run, BlueMilkSpecial.com. So check that out because she. Helped us advertise some Masters Cast to the Baltimore Ians. <laughs> <laughs> and wasn't uh, there a guy in a cool Skeletor costume there? There yeah. was. And what this is how awesome He-Man fans are. So I posted a picture of the Skeletor, and he's giving thumbs up. So I did like a whole, hey, it's Skeletor, like Fonzie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And a couple comments down, someone said, hey, isn't that whomever? And um, so it was. It was a. It was another He-Man fan that like nice. is friends with you know fifty other He-Man fans on Facebook and stuff. So yeah. I thought that was really cool. Spectacular. Yeah. And shout out to uh, Chuck Bowles for finding He-Man prints for me as well. He was there. And um, don't forget, PowerCon ThunderCon is September twenty second to the twenty third. All of the programming has now been announced, so go to thepowercon.com. The guest list is there. Um, there's going to be a charity auction. That's thepower-con. Both work. Both work. Oh, both work. Yes, I tried okay. it. Both work, yeah. Very nice. Uh, so you don't have to put the dash if you don't want to, but thank you for pointing that out. They they always do on all of the links I see. So Yeah, yeah. That's the official URL has the, the dash in it. Okay. Um. Also, we'll, uh, well, you know, Katie, Martin, and Josh won't be there, but since John and Leanne will be there, we're having a joint podcast Saturday night with the fine folks at Roast Google Dinner Podcast. Um, so Val, Danielle, and Pixel Dan. And then it'll be myself, Leanne, and James Etock, Bustatoons, who has been on Master's Cast plenty of times, um, is going to pretend that he is a. Um, mutated version of himself, Katie, Martin, and Josh <laughs> put together. 
Um, Please, uh, somebody videotape. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so we'll see how that goes. Um, and and uh, I was hoping though that Eamon was going to be there from Roast Google because uh, he likes Kit Kats and he likes listening to John Parr, Man in Motion. And these are t- one of my favorite songs and my favorite snack. Um, so I was hoping to bring Kit Kats, but if he's not going to be there, I'm not. I'm not you sucking up Kit to anyone me. else. But you, I want Kit Kats. I guess I could bring Kit Kats. I love Kit Kats. <laughs> <laughs> I will you guys not are making me want Kit, Kit Kats. Kats. Thanks. Uh, but <laughs> no Kit Kats. Make sure you come to the panel because I think I have uh, a few give- things I can give away, like Masters Cast things I can like throw to you in the audience or something. So you could throw Kit Kats. I could throw Kit Kats. <laughs> yeah, autograph a Kit Kat. I'll autograph a Kit Kat and I'll say, you know, good journey to health? <laughs> question mark. <laughs> Slip a slip a master's cast, you know, like business card inside the the wrapper there <laughs> for some like grand prize. Could be like, you know, Willy Wonka's golden ticket. <laughs> <laughs> the grand prize is you get to hear me sing. I have the power live. At the- <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Followed um, by an encore. Well, while uh, wait, no. Uh, while uh, we Aladdin. force, um, yes, while we force James to do an interpretive dance. To my acapella version. <laughs> I think that would be entertaining. But anyway, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a blast. I'm moderating some of the panels, so please pick my panel over whatever competing panel is going up against me. Uh, <laughs> Especially the MV Creations panel. Yes, because Leanne will be on the MV Creations panel, <laughs> so you want to check that one out on Sunday, I believe that one is. Um, Blade from the He-Man movie is going to do a sword demonstration on Saturday. Meg Foster is now coming. She was Evil Lynn in the live action movie. Did I hear a gasp? That was me. (laughs) (laughs) One of these years, I'm going to make it to PowerCon. I'm putting my foot down and saying, right now, I will be there next year. Maybe if I say it now, I'll actually be there. I'm just going to put that out there. Yes, it's supposed to be in New York, so I I should be able to make it. Yes, that's closer for you, East Coast. So, um, actually, that's closer for everyone here, including Martin. That is closer. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also, shout out to the Grayskull convention that just happened in Germany, and I don't speak or read uh, German. Um, sorry. Uh, but the convention looked like a lot of fun. Uh, I saw James Bustatoon's eTalk post about 7,000 photos, uh, from the convention. (laughs) Costumes were so awesome. They always do such a good job with those. Those costumes were amazing. They were awesome too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it blew my mind how amazing they were. Yeah. Cause last year's I remember were really good this year. It was like, they stepped it up even 10 more uh powerpoints and it was like it blew me away it, it did i i those were some quality quality threads let me tell you <laughs> and now we have blackmail uh pictures of james in the in the shira tiara so <laughs> <laughs> you know those will be worth something in about 10 years might get that that we could give those away too We'll have him autograph pictures of that. I think he should bring some for his fans. Color <laughs> glossy eight by ten. I really wish I was going now, just for that. <laughs> and uh, if you do go to PowerCon, I should have some other things. We'll have like little postcards or something at uh, probably be at Leanne's table since she likes to give me a little square of space. Uh, <laughs> um, so make sure you visit her on the convention floor and harass her. Yes. In a nice way. In a nice way. Um, Also, anyone that's going to PowerCon, I would like you to visit the Mattel booth. Find Scott Toy Guru, okay? Find him and tell him that you would love to see um, a baby stealing Hordak. Yes! (laughs) 
So that means you would get Hordak in a Horde Trooper body with a Hordak head. And much like uh, uh, Wondar came with a little loaf of bread, he will come with a little baby, Adora, that you can then steal from Queen and King Marlena. Um, We should start a campaign for that. I really feel that it is the way to go. Baby stealing Adora. (laughs) Cradle Robin Hordak. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Now I can get behind that name. I can get behind that name. Cradle. Can also come with Teenage Adora. <laughs> wow. With that note, thanks for listening. <laughs> Remember, you can find all of our previous episodes on iTunes. Search for Masters Cast, two words. You could also go to masterscastoneword.com. And follow us on Twitter. At twitter.com slash masterscast. Or friend us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash masterscast. We're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when we record at, you know, 3 a.m. on Saturday night. Oh, oh wait, no, it's Sunday morning. <laughs> I, I'm John Callis, also known as the Shadow. Also known as Rainbow Brace. I am Martin Penny, also known as Rocky Martin. I am Leanne Hanna, also known as Stratos Macca. And I'm Josh Delancourt, also known as Just Lioncourt. Good. Good. for president. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Not happening. Oh.